Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today, we have a special guest who serves as Urban Grow's Vice President of Facility Integration. He has over 15 years of crop and cultivation management experience, which allows him to bridge the gap between commercial horticulture and the cannabis industry. As the team lead for cultivation space programming, he has worked with hundreds of cultivators across North America and Europe to develop innovative facility design and operational practices to deliver efficient and profitable cultivation facilities. And so without further ado, Lucas Targos, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, thank you for, for joining us. You you have a lot going on. You're, you've got your hands in a lot of uh, super important things in the cannabis space. So thanks for making the time. Lucas, if you can kind of just take us back to sort of day one and how you entered the cannabis space and, and what that journey and what that path looked like, I think that would be a great place for kind of to kind of get the uh, get the conversation rolling. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a bit of a funny story. So, um, you know, I, um, I went to school at a small liberal arts uh, college in Durango, Colorado. Um, I grew up in small ranching skiing community here in, here in Colorado, a little place called Crested Butte um, was, was raised by uh, a dentist and a, and a pastry chef kind of two weird sides of the spectrum there, but, um, um, no really ties to horticulture, agriculture, aside from, you know, kind of the community that I was in, um, being heavily based in ranching and, and regenerative agriculture. And, and so when I went to school, I, I went to study, uh, environmental studies. Um, it was a really great program there at Fort Lewis college. Um, and I had, you know, I really had the ability to kind of work some other jobs and I ended up taking, um, a job at a very renowned restaurant and it was a raft guide and, and I was kind of doing that through the first couple of years of school. And, um, you know, luckily the restaurant was a, a very good kind of practices, especially around um, locally sourced food. And so we were very well connected to some of the farmers and ranchers in the area where we would buy a lot of our produce and, and protein from for the restaurant. And lo and behold, that kind of got my foot into the door at uh, one of the one of the farms, one of the local farms. And I ended up doing an internship there, um, which led to a full time position uh, for about two and a half years. And, um, I kind of fell in love with, with horticulture and, and, and agriculture and, um, decided that's really what I wanted to do. Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, in my, in my dad's eyes, it wasn't his, his really clear path for me after, you know, paying my way through school and, and, uh, kind of where the world was at that point. Um, but yeah, I got hooked and, um, I took the ball and ran with it. So I ended up taking a position out in central New York, um, to run a vegetable operation out there. Um, I did that for a few years and, um, it was a great life. Um, whole diet, uh, community supported agriculture. We pretty much grew everything on the farm, um, from vegetables all the way to raising our own grass fed beef and, and even raw milk dairy. Um, and it was an amazing experience, but, um, it was tough to make ends meet. Um, uh, I had a great lifestyle, but from a from a financial standpoint, I was, you know, it was, it was a bit of a struggle. And so I ended up coming back to Colorado looking for a bit more of a administrative position in the, in the horticulture agriculture world. And lo and behold, I was, I was kind of uh, sweeped in by a bit of a cryptic uh, cannabis job posting. They were very vague in terms of what the position was just that they needed five years of commercial farming experience and 
um, nothing about cannabis. And, and long story short, I, I showed up for the interview, um, pulled up to a, a warehouse here in an industrial park in Denver. It, it stunk like cannabis. And I kind of sat out front for about 20 minutes and was like, holy cow, uh, this, is a, this is a cannabis grow. I had no intentions of really kind of getting into that part of the industry. Not that I had a problem with it, but definitely contemplated for about 20 minutes before I actually went in for, for the interview. Um, they ended up offering me the position there on the spot. I was still very hesitant. And so it took me another two weeks after talking with family and friends and some business advisors and things like that um, to end up taking the position. I did. And it was a great uh, opportunity for me to kind of learn this indoor, you know, this indoor controlled environment agriculture space. Um, and I ended up operating that facility for about uh, two and a half, three years um, before Urban Grow came and found me. And Urban Grow approached me and and kind of uh, gave me this this um, uh, this pitch to, to to travel around the world and work with you know all of these these cannabis growers um, from from each end of the globe and. It sounded like a great opportunity to me. So um, I was actually about the fourth, uh, maybe the fifth employee here at Urban Gross. That was uh, just over six years ago. Um, so I've been able to see a lot of change, worn many, many hats with the company um, and have got to travel the world um, doing it. And so um, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, you know, kind of through my path to kind of to, to where I am today and, and to continue. I'm very excited to see kind of what happens in both the cannabis and, you know, the really the, the controlled environment ag space um, in, in general um, in the future here. That's that's so fascinating. And I, I always love to sort of just open up each episode by asking the guests to sort of unpack their journey and what that looked like. Because like you said, you had that moment where you pulled up to the to the warehouse and thought to yourself, wait a second, what, you know, what, what am I getting into here? And do I really want to pursue cannabis? And so it's so interesting how, you know, that was that almost seemed like a tipping point moment for you. And, you know, to to kind of sum it up, it, it seems like cannabis has almost, you know, kind of taken you across the world with all these different opportunities that that, that company and Urban Grow has presented. So it's, it's always just so fascinating to see where people start by entering the space and sort of where they end up after a few years down the road. So Lucas, with that said, um, what role would you say that at this point in time, Urban Grow plays in today's cannabis industry, especially as we inch a lot closer toward federal legalization. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Urban Girl, when we've evolved greatly, right? When I when I came out of the company, you know, six years ago, they really started as a as a lighting company, and 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 that was similar to my story in terms of you know they they had their sister company, which was which was Bravo Lighting, and it was really just commercial lighting. They did like the Denver Convention Center and some small towns and in New Mexico and things like that, and you know they they identified this this paradigm shift over to LEDs and, and with them being situated in, you know, in Denver, in Colorado, um, kind of at the forefront of this cannabis movement, they obviously saw an opportunity there. And, um, that's when they approached guys like me to, to really build out at that time, what we were referring to as, as cultivation technologies. And, and that's just really the, 
the design of the systems um, for the cultivation facility specifically. So going past the lights, and that was, you know, that was a byproduct of, of the clients, um, the lighting clients really saying, guys, we love working with you. What more can you do? Right. Um, and so, and so that's what I was really initially brought into uh, to really start our irrigation, fertigation and controls design teams. Um, and, and that's kind of where the foundation started of, of how we got to this evolution. Now, you know, fast forward six years, um, what we we really started with focusing on that fertigation, irrigation, and controls design. Um, and, and through this journey, what we did is we actually acquired a uh, mechanical and MEP engineering firm um, that has a very extensive past in uh, indoor cultivation of cannabis um, and really the mechanical systems therein. Uh, we acquired them about two and a half, three years ago. Um, and then we just recently made our most um, recent acquisition was uh, 2WR, which is a architecture firm. And again, they have a very extensive background, even even outside of cannabis, but I but uh, but have done hundreds of facilities, uh, both on the cannabis side with with cultivation and dispensaries, processing facilities, and so, you know, really what at at, at its nuts and bolts, Urban Grow is, a, is an architectural and um, engineering design firm. That that's really what our our, um, our our foundation, our bedrock is kind of built in. But that bedrock is built up with within our people, right? Um, it's our experience and our knowledge and really how we approach these projects. We're not here to, to be consultants or, or to claim we know what the best practices are. Um, we're here to really leverage, you know, our experiences, our, our, our past and our knowledge and what we've built up as a team to help really realize the vision that our, that our clients have that we work with, right. And bring it into fruition in a, in a very feasible, efficient, and, and hopefully speedy manner. Yeah. And I'm sure that takes a lot of just, you know, brainstorming and critical thinking and different innovative approaches, especially, you know, with, with federal legalization, not here just yet. And, you know, operators trying to expand across state lines and just overall expand business and, and, you know, earn more market share. I can only imagine, you know, some of the, some of the fun challenges that, that you guys have kind of, you know, bumped up against and have kind of overcome and won. Um, and so with all of those, you know, new challenges and obstacles that kind of come our way, as all entrepreneurs do in cannabis with, with the, the nuances of a nascent industry, what's something that you would say that you've kind of personally learned by participating in the cannabis industry that looking back on it, maybe you wouldn't have necessarily picked up in a more traditional industry? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think, I think, you know, what's unique with the cannabis industry is that it's so with it's, it's still in its infancy, right? Is that, and, and I have so much respect for the legacy growers and the pioneers of this industry that, that really got us to the point that we are today. Um, and I think, you know, really it's much different than what you would see in traditional horticulture, right? There's a lot of, you know, I always say that uh, there's the comment that people use that, you know, if you were to ask 10 growers, what's the best way to grow, you would get 12 different answers, right? And as much as that may be a, a hindrance, I also think that's that's just a, a byproduct of kind of where the industry is at, right? We're still learning a lot of things and, 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 evolving not only in practices, but also in technology, right? And 
Um, and that's, you know, really where I've seen the beauty of the cannabis industry is that it's brought so much capital into this space, into this controlled environment ag space that, that we've seen this, this push in technology and systems um, that's not only just benefiting the cannabis industry, but even just our global food, food systems, right? And so, you know, I think the, the really interesting thing is, is, is kind of having this, this sort of dexterity around practices and methodologies that we're all still feeling out. You know, what I would love to see a bit more of in the cannabis industry is a bit more open source of knowledge, right? Sharing of information so that we can kind of expedite that process as we're kind of all moving through this, this, this evolution together. Yeah, all all great points. And I, I'm with you. I think the technology that is being developed as we speak, and I, even, even if we just look back, you know, two, three, four, five years, and then put ourselves in the present moment, I mean, technology has really advanced the way that cultivators can operate, um, produce more profitable yields, and just, you know, run, run their business in general. So I, I think one of the things that a lot of us are really excited about is, you know, companies like Urban Grow and all of the different innovations and technologies and new developments and the improvements in, in how they systematize, you know, certain things for cultivators. I think that's where things are going to get really interesting and where a lot of us, you know, sitting on the sidelines are kind of focusing our attention to because it's so fascinating to see, to your point, you know, how, how the legacy market started years back and sort of where this has, you know, where the technology has taken us so to say over the last, you know, five to seven years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's been a really interesting um, kind of movement and to, and to see the evolution of technology. You know, I think the one caveat there is that, you know, with that also comes there, you know, for lack of better words, a bit of snake oil as well too. Right. I think that um, you also need to tread lightly. Right. And, and that's both in terms of, of claims that are being made, but also just, just, you know, with, with new technology and, and vetting things out, you know, I think that there's some really the most innovative grower, growers that we've seen, and these can be mom and pop boutique shops um, all the way up to MSOs are, are the cultivators that are really, at least focusing a bit of their attention into research and development, right? And and I think that's what really helps drive uh, the need for new technology and and expedites kind of the process in which you know we we procure and and develop this new technology. Yeah, and uh, Lucas, would you say that more as time goes on, more cultivators are more interested in research and development and kind of reinvesting capital back in to their operations to sort of improve their existing systems and processes and, and how they operate? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, it's interesting. There's a, there's a very interesting dynamic um, within the cannabis industry. And I always refer to it as a really the owners and growers dynamic, right? And it's this, this kind of this push-pull routine between owners of these facilities and the growers that actually operate them, right? And, you know, on the owner side out of, side of things, and we see this a lot, especially being on the design and engineering side, is that, you know, owners obviously want to optimize canopy and, and, and opt- optimize production, right? Whereas, you know, the grower may be more, <clears throat> you know, focused on um, refining processes, right? And becoming more efficient and to do that, they may need to leverage some of the space within these facilities for those research and development practices, right? So I think that's where we see the most of it coming from is from the grower side. I would say, I would say, you know, we're probably close to getting to the majority where most cultivators these days are requesting at least some sort of R&D room uh, or rooms within their facilities where we do see a bit more pushback on that from 
you know, the owner side of things, uh, especially when we're talking about states that, um, you know, have have written regulations around, you know, canopy square footage, right, based on licensing and, and things like that. They don't want that to be eaten up within within R&D space. And so, you know, I think it's just I think it's a bit of, of finding that happy medium of, you know, how we can kind of leverage these buildings and leverage that space and, and, and the regulations therein to to kind of, you know, find those nooks and crannies where we can put these R&D rooms and then give these cultivators the tools to be successful in in operating those R&D rooms and 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 just going to the basics of you know the scientific method and, and trying new things and and then like I said sharing that information with with the community and those around them. Wow. <laughs> that's uh that that's a great perspective on that. And so Lucas for for listeners who might want to connect with you or the Urban Grow team in general about you know something like that or anything else related to to improving their cultivation and, and operation, what's going to be the best way for someone to reach out to to Urban Grow? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we have our, our, our general website, which is urban-gro.com. Um, and then we're on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, um, and, and, uh, you can reach out to our website. Uh, you can also send, you know, myself an email or, or sales email. My email is uh, lucas at urban-grow.com or sales at urban-grow.com. Um, reach out to us. We we're always happy to, you know, even just to discuss projects um, in the early stages. We don't have to have contract signed things like that. Um, again, you know, we're what we really stand on aside from you know our IP being our people. It's also Urban Grows transparency and and really willing to you know kind of get our foot in the door by you know having these discussions early on in the stages to show kind of where we can add value into the project and and really what we use to kind of leverage our people and our systems to 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 um, to, to optimize these facilities and give the growers the tools they need. Yeah, I, I appreciate that too, and and big kudos to Urban Grow too for taking that approach, um, like you just described, Lucas, because a lot of times folks will say education is needed in the cannabis space, but they mostly refer to it on the B2C level. And I think especially on the B2B level and especially in that that niche or that pocket of cultivation, um, I think educated education is needed across the board. And so I just want to applaud you and your team for kind of stepping up to the front of the plate and and being that voice and, and you know, shining a light on some of those resources and and being so willing, right, to to provide education and, and knowledge and information to people who want to take their operations and cultivations to the next level. So um, thank you again, just for taking the time out to, to come on the show today and for the whole Urban Grow team being so willing to, to kind of share that information and, and uh, play a pivotal role in moving cultivation forward in the cannabis industry. Absolutely. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And it's been an absolute pleasure. And I really appreciate you having us on the show today. And, um, and yeah, look forward to uh, listening to more of your podcast and um, kind of seeing where, where the industry goes together. Right on, right on. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will catch you all on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, 
through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner, the Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.